Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just back. want somebody to share my life with. You don't want to find your better half. You want to go into it full because when you do, you won't be triggered by your spouse. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Lovers, thank you for joining me for another thought-provoking episode of Dates and Mates. You know, I'm always telling y'all that you have to be your true self when dating and in relationships. But how often do you find yourself wondering how to do that? How do you get to that true essence of who you are? Well, our guest today is certified hypnotist, marriage and manifestation coach, Beth Miller. She is here to teach you how to get in touch with your most authentic self through guided reflection and a really cool technique called hypnojourneying. Things are going to get super deep. But first, we've got a dish. The headlines today are a cheat code for more likes. This pose may get you one swipe closer to your match. And the Tinder swindler swindles no more. Here's how to suss out a scammer. Later, I'll answer questions from you like, he deleted his dating profile, then never responded to my text. Is it possible to double ghost someone? And I've got an $80,000 sized monkey on my back. How do I bring up my debt with potential partners? Lovers, it's going to be a real one. Let's dish. D's dating dish. Newsweek reveals one pose that men seem to use on Tinder and they noticed a pattern. A TikTok user named Minnie, who is also on Tinder, noticed that one position came up all the time. So she was nice enough to do a little slideshow collage of men on Tinder. These guys had a few things in common. First, they were all 25 to 36 years old. Second, they were all in one common pose, standing tall with their arms out, almost always in nature, like making an X, like, ah, here I am, right? (laughs) So one Either all these guys listen to the same Instagram influencer or went to the same pickup artist school. I know they're out there and I know you're still going, guys. (laughs) And in this teaching, they said, make yourself big, take up space so that you appear confident. Or it's just something that's happening naturally because that is what happens when you make your body bigger. Your heart has to work more to 
pump the blood up to your hands, right? So it's going to elevate your mood. It's going to make you feel more confident. And they call it power posing, right? There's a reason for that. So this is a great way to really stand out. This shows that you are confident, that you're not afraid to take up space and that you want to be seen. Because ultimately, isn't that the point of Tinder? You want to be seen by these potential dates. I have some data from 2017. An analysis by Rentify found that heterosexual female photos, on average, had a success rate of 52%. That means that over half of men swiped right when they saw any woman's photo, basically. Heterosexual men, however, have an average success rate of just 16%. Not even a fifth of women swiped right. And I've said this before, but, you know, I'll just keep repeating myself until somebody listens. You have to be strategic to attract the attention on a dating app. So this is why I talk about the three C's, color, context, and character. The color, it's its not just about finding your color and don't you look amazing in in something bright as opposed to something gray. I think you know who I'm talking to when I say all gray shirt photos. I'll leave it at that. You look great in the color, sure. But more importantly, you stand out. Our eyes are conditioned to stop when we see the color red and pay attention. And we're trying to just grab attention. The other thing you do when you take that X pose is it shows your confidence. It shows your personality. That's the character part of the C. And then the context, you're also getting that if you're taking it in nature, because that says the context is, I'm adventurous. Maybe I just climbed this mountain. Caveman, me, (laughs) me Tarzan, me climb this mountain, Jane. (laughs) Maybe it says that you are adventurous, you're outdoorsy, you, you love a challenge. All of that is conveyed just by one picture in one pose in one particular setting. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you you've got to do power pose in nature because now everybody else is going to be doing it. You have a challenge now. You get to figure out what's the next power pose. What is the pose for you that really conveys your three C's and see if you track that you get more messages or more matches by using that kind of photo. Speaking of Tinder, have y'all seen the Tinder swindler? Look, that that title cannot be beat. It's just too fantastic. But everybody's been asking me, I wasn't going to talk about it here because I really don't like talking about negative online dating stories because I find that people get it all mixed up. Swindlers have been out there since the dawn of time. Tinder, of course, is a newer addition to the space, but because scam artists who have always been out there and always been on the internet are now going to a place of critical mass like a dating app, people then think that one experience is indicative of what might happen to them on a dating app or that that is a common experience or that that means something about dating apps in general. So I did watch Netflix's The Tinder Swindler. Say that five times fast. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. But more for research for you because I was like, I bet you I could have seen the red flags before the person in the documentary saw them. And guess what? I was right. I'm not going to give you any spoilers in case you haven't seen this, but I will tell you, because it's revealed in like the first 20 minutes, what some of the flashing red warning signs, red flags were 
right out of the gate. So this guy is on Tinder and his profile is banging. I mean, he looks good. He's in private jets. He's wearing suits. He has all the hallmarks. He probably had like a power pose expose on his Tinder profile. I haven't seen it, but I'm just going to assume. And so he did pretty well. He also took the time to build up an Instagram account, which at the time of the Tinder swindler had about 100,000 followers. Apparently, it went up to like 200,000 after the documentary aired. And now it has since been shut down. So I don't know what he's going to do. There's a bunch of now copycat accounts <laughs> out there on Instagram, which puzzles me because we all know how the story ends. Or you will if you haven't seen the Tinder swindler yet. But I'll, I'll just tell you what these signs were at the beginning for you know the primary person in the documentary. Her story is unique when you look at the entire landscape of online daters. But there were many women who fell for this. And I want to make sure you are looking for the signs. And I'm speaking to all genders here because there are swindlers of all different orientations and identities. So what happened first? They matched. And then she says, I always go and check the Instagram. Always check the Instagram. So she goes through this very curated Instagram experience and she thinks because he has 100,000 followers that that means he is legit, that he has clout. But as we know, anybody can create any kind of identity on Instagram. Half of those pictures that you see influencers do, mine is legit, (laughs) y'all. But if you really go through Instagram, like even Kim Kardashian just got busted for photoshopping her photos. So what you're seeing on Instagram is not real. And that's one of the reasons I say don't link to Instagram on your dating profile. The other reason I say don't link your own Instagram is it's too much information too soon because people will do this. Then they'll go into the Instagram and start to develop this idea of who you are. And it might be positive and it might be negative because they're seeing certain things out of context, seeing like your longtime friends make certain comments to your photos. And then they're developing an impression of a person who may or may not really exist the way that they are interpreting it. You want that interaction to happen in real time with that person, not on their phone in their own time. The next thing that happened is they moved to WhatsApp immediately. She kind of brushed over this in the interview, but, uh, you know, my ear is trained to look for these things. They were chatting on Tinder, and then she said when he messaged me in WhatsApp, nothing against WhatsApp personally, but I will say a lot of the swindlers do use WhatsApp because it allows them to communicate freely from various countries and various locations. So that was a red flag to me that he immediately moved, asked her to move to WhatsApp. The other thing that happens there is that when you move off of the dating app, the dating app can no longer track your communication. They are not tracking what's happening. They're not tracking where you are and location. And that just opens you you up to a little bit of risk. Unlikely this is going to happen to you. But these are the signs. Then he said he wanted he was only in town for one night and he wanted to meet up for coffee right away. And he's like, let's meet at the Four Seasons. Pin drop. Here's where I am. Come meet me here. So that 
urgency as well is another red flag. So now we've got three red flags and we haven't even met this dude. Then they meet and immediately he's like, I really feel a connection. I want to get to know you, but I'm leaving town. Why don't you come on my private jet with me? Girlfriends, boyfriends, non-binary friends. This is a huge red flag. This person who just met you, who obviously has a fabulous Instagram life and can get tail wherever they want, anytime they want it, met you for coffee for 20 minutes and wants to fly you on a private jet to another country. What could go wrong? What could go wrong here? I know we love the fairy tales and we really want to fall for the love stories. But I have to say, if it seems too good to be true, especially in that first couple of exchanges or that first week, your spidey senses have to perk up and you have to be very, very cautious. So then this is the typical, and we're going to do a whole episode on online dating safety. So I'm not going to get into this too much today. But the next thing that ends up happening is he builds her trust. He love bombs her, tells her everything she wants to hear. And then the requests start coming in. This crisis happened. Can I just have a little bit of money? I just need this money. I'll pay you back. And this guy was pro. I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but he knew how to balance making her feel safe and secure with asking for more requests for more money and more money. But y'all, this all happened in the first month of them knowing each other. So let's just make an agreement. Just This is just a black and white rule here. No one that you are dating for a month should be having you take out loans for them, sending them money, making any wire transfers, going on payroll for their company, Any of these things are big no-nos and red flags. But if we pay attention to the red flags earlier on, we don't get so far caught up into the web. With the scammers, it's all a screening process for them. You know, I'm always talking about you screening your dates. When you are being screened by a scammer, they're putting out these little tests to see how far they can take you. So... The test one is like, can I get her off the app? Oh, good. I've gotten her to WhatsApp. Now I know I have a captive audience here. Okay. Now can I get her to meet me somewhere? Okay. I got her to meet me somewhere. Now can I get her to go somewhere with me? Those were all tests that he was seeing what her willingness would be to go along for the ride with him. And when we get triggered emotionally and somebody presses our our emotional buttons, we respond. And it becomes very hard to see the forest for the trees, which is why I'm telling you the signs so that you don't fall into the same trap yourself. All right. So power pose or not, I am putting the kibosh on the Tinder swindlers and any other swindlers. And I'm also inviting you into the world of online dating that doesn't include these people that doesn't allow you to fall for these kind of scams and that allows you to use dating apps for what they were meant to do, which is make a human connection and find real love. If you need help with your dating profile, you know I got you covered. If you haven't gotten a chance to get your free profile starter kit yet, Go ahead and request it at datesandmates.com. You'll get an immediate download, and that will show you exactly how to craft a winning online dating profile. 
In a moment, we will be back with the fabulous Beth Miller to talk more about our inner child and our true selves. You're going to want to stick around. Welcome back. I am here with Beth Miller. She is a certified hypnotist, marriage and manifestation coach, and she supports folks on fixing their relationships. Beth is the founder of Soulify Method, a 12-week program which works with the plasticity of the brain to help people transform their lives and marriages. Beth has been featured in the London Free Press, CTV News, and McLean's Magazine, and she is here to remind us of who we truly are so we can show up fully when dating and in our relationships. Please help me give big smooches to Beth Miller. Hi, Demona. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I am so jazzed about your platform, Soulify Wellness. You have such a robust background and you pull from so many different areas to be able to help people in dating and relationships and really lay that foundation for the future. And first of all, I just, we got to talk about we got to talk about hypnotherapy. I, I've been doing the show for nine years, Beth, and I don't think we've ever talked about hypnotherapy. So just first of all, in layperson's terms, can you explain really what that process looks like and why it's beneficial in relationships? Absolutely. I'll tell you all about hypnotherapy. So the best way to describe it is it's this incredible therapy that allows you to get into your subconscious mind. So what happens is we get you into a deeply relaxed state, what I call the theta brainwave state, which is this magical brain state that's right before you fall asleep, right before you wake up. So you know in the morning when you wake up, you still remember your dreams. You know you have to get up. Your alarm clock's going off. So you have some awareness of your environment, but you still remember all your dreams. And then you get out of bed and you're like, you don't remember your dreams anymore. So it gets you in this powerful state where we can get into your mind, where all your memories are stored, where all your thoughts, where all your beliefs are stored. All your stuff from your childhood is there. So when we can get you in this relaxed state, what happens is we can easily bring those things to the front and we can work on those. You can heal those things. You can parent those things. You can give all your, all the baggage, you can give it a little help and get it out of your body. That's essentially what it does. Wow. Okay. I want to hear how you get people into that state. Great question. So they are not quacking on stage. They don't think they're naked. They are 100% completely in control of everything that happens. What's so powerful about your, your mind is if I were to say to you, go rob a bank while you're in hypnosis, you won't rob a bank unless you truly believe that's something you want to do. So your mind will only accept things that I say as truth. So what happens is I get the women I work with or the men I work with in this deeply relaxed state. It's essentially like meditation, but one step deeper. And so they're very relaxed. Their eyes are closed, but they're able to talk during it, which is really cool too. So they can tell me what their, what visions they're having or what thoughts are coming up or what emotions are coming up. And I let them guide me on this journey. They'll tell me all of a sudden I'm nine years old on a swing with my sister and I'm mad at my parents because they told me she can pick what show we watch. And all of a sudden it's this memory that they didn't even realize was still there, but it's wreaking havoc on maybe their relationships because they feel like they're not seen, they're not heard. So when you can do this work to really work on these memories that you didn't even realize are still kind of looping in your head, that you can then become this amazing person in your relationships. So wait, I have trouble in my my relationship because of my sister? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sister. Oh gosh. So I have to deal with all that stuff? <laughs> I know. You don't realize how much is in there. It's wild, the stuff that comes up. Like one recently, there was a woman I work with. She 
had just had her like bike hit by a car and like her bike, like just run over as like a, I think she was like a six-year-old and she was just so upset in that moment because her bike was gone, but she didn't realize she was still holding on to that pain. And it was a real money thing for her. It ended up being like a money mindset thing that she feels like you got to really protect your possessions. You shouldn't like wreck your stuff. So it's incredible how that stuff comes up. Oh my God. This is so deep. <laughs> this is it so is deep. so deep. I like, I'm very intrigued and a little bit frightened. (laughs) You know, sometimes people talk about working with the inner child and they mean it on sort of a esoteric level, but you're literally working with the actual inner child. Yes, I am. So just to clarify what inner child is, inner child is the playful aspects of yourself. Like as parents, when you can become a parent, you like to do those things like go trick-or-treating again and go to the park. That's your playful aspects of yourself. But when you can also get into your inner child, it's your wounded aspects. So it's maybe mini or major traumas. It could be something as simple as someone in your class saying four plus four is 10 and everyone laughing at them. And then all of a sudden you don't want to speak your mind, which can show up in your relationships as you not wanting to speak your opinion because people may think you're silly or stupid. So in inner child, when you can get into it, you can figure out what's been holding you back your whole life. What beliefs have you been telling yourself? Like, I need to please people so that I get recognition or that I feel more loved when I do nice things for people. So everything that we've done as a child creates who we are today. Do you feel like people can access that information, access that part of themselves in the, you know, waking cognitive state? Or do they have to be in a altered state in that theta brainwave state that hypnotherapy creates? Yeah, ideally it's best to be in a theta brainwave state, but you can definitely do it in a meditative state, which is the alpha brainwave. We go like betas, like your brain, busy brain, where you're thinking, analyzing, where we spend our day. And then there's alpha where you're like really in the moment, like you're not worried about anything in the past or the future. You're just very still. And we are in that state during multiple times of the day. But typically you need to get into a deep state of like meditation or hypnosis so that you can truly shift, shift and bring that stuff out. Journaling works too. Like you can just journal like, I feel like I'm never going to find the right partner. And you just start journaling. I feel like I'm never going to find someone who loves me. There's no good men in the world. There's no one who's doesn't have baggage. And you kind of keep journaling all this stuff. And then you can ask yourself, why? Why do I believe that? And sometimes your mind will reveal these little aha moments. Yes. And I'm a big proponent of of journaling. And I have all the clients in my dating accelerator program do that. Like I have them visualize the ideal relationship that they want. And it's not about creating a list because I think that's more like you're saying beta beta brainwave state. But if you visualize, like, how do you feel when you're with this person in the future? How do you want to feel in that relationship? That, to me, helps you be able to really manifest that person and be able to work backwards to figure out what is it that you really need in a relationship? Oh, you said that? Perfectly. It really stems from a thought. Like you have this thought, which is I'm fat and unattractive. Maybe that's the thought. And I can't find anyone because no one thinks I'm attractive. That's the thought. But there's an emotion behind that, like you just said. And that's where you can really find the magic is when you can get into that emotion of feeling extremely like maybe guilty or shame for maybe what your body looks like. Then you can go further and deeper into that to be like, where did this shame come from? It's incredible how we create these beliefs about ourselves, which drive our thoughts that we don't even realize are there. 
which all come from an emotion, which is usually the same emotion we felt in childhood. And it's just coming back up and it's going to keep coming back up until you deal with it. Yeah. And I love with the Solify method that you also work with the plasticity of the brain, you say, to help people transform their lives and their relationships, because this is the thing that I I find sometimes people forget is that your brain's still growing. Your brain's still changing. You can rewire these things. And just because that thing happened to you when you were a kid or that thing happened to you in a past relationship, it doesn't mean that that has to be your destiny. For sure. Like you can be 90 years old and you can still change your brain and change your thoughts. What happens is we have all these like I like to think of them as wires, these little wires, these highways that our thoughts go down. And as these thoughts go down, we then feel emotions with our heart. So our brain is like sending all these thoughts. Our our heart feels all the thoughts. And what you want to do is you want to disrupt those little highways and you want to create new highways. So you want to wire all these new highways that have the thought, like, I am beautiful. There are good guys out there for me. There are great women there. So it's incredible how you can create these new highways. And then once you start to use those highways as your dominant thought, then they start to wire together and that becomes like your natural go-to and you don't have to think about it anymore. It just happens. It's so natural. It just happens. You can get to that route. You can snip it and be like, you know what? I'm not victim to my past anymore. Mm, So true. But I'm curious, Beth, what happens? Let's say we have some listeners who are in relationships already and they're like, I'm listening to the Dates and Mates podcast. I'm following Beth Miller and Soulify Wellness. I'm doing the work, but this bozo that I'm with is not here for it. They're not willing to come to the table and do the work themselves. Is there a way, like, can you shift the relationship if you're the only one that's doing this kind of work? Oh, I just love this question. This is the foundation of what I do. I work with women primarily and I tell them, you can 100% change your relationship. You are 50% of the solution. You may not be 50% of the problem, but you can definitely be 50% of the solution, which is so incredible. It gives them their power back because so many times they're in a position where they're like, if he would only change, if he would talk nicer to me, if he would give me more hugs, if he would help out more. And when you can let go of all that and really work on yourself, it's amazing how all that stuff just manifests and it just happens naturally. So 100%, you can change your relationship. I also just want to reiterate something you just said, Beth, because I hear this a lot in dating too, that people are like, I've worked on my profile, I'm coming to the table, you know, 100. And then I get here and all of these other profiles are sloppily done, or that person's not really putting in the effort. And I sometimes feel like there's a pushback to like showing up as your best self, because why should I do that if everyone else here is giving less than 50%. Oh, that's good. So I would ask that person, why do you not want to be the first one to show up? Is it because you feel like things aren't fair? Is it because you feel like maybe you're unappreciated and you should be the one that is doing, maybe you think you're the one that's doing things right and they really need to change. So I would really ask that person, why do you not want to? Most of the time there's inner work that has to be done. If not, then maybe it's a clear a clear sign that that's not the relationship for you. But I think almost 100% there's inner work to be done. And your partner is just mirroring to you things that you need to work on. For an example, if you went on a 
date and your your partner wanted to have like a third beer and you're like, why are you having a third beer? That's so expensive. But that's showing you that maybe you think you need to save more money. So it depends how it feels. Like if it feels like, hey, why are you having a third beer? Like we got to go home soon. Or if it feels like, oh, should you really have that beer? I don't think we should do that. So it really depends on the emotion that comes with the thought. Mm, this is so deep. And I really encourage anyone who's single to also hear this. And oh, I'm going to give everyone an assignment. <laughs> if you're single and you hear those thoughts and those judgments towards other people that you see online, do what Beth is saying and and just just pause and get into the feeling and the emotion associated with what's coming up for you. And what does that reflect in your prior life? Like Beth, sometimes I talk about in my program, like, look at where an emotion is repeated. And my fabulous accountability coach, Marquise, was telling our new class <laughs> that he he did the program before and he was like, I see how this work impacted every area of my life, not just my romantic relationship or, you know, my single status, but this is impacting how I feel, my confidence level, my work, everything else. It's so fascinating how this works on multiple levels. It's so true because like, think of it, for example, like that money thing I just talked about, that's a lack mentality when it comes to money, but it obviously is also a lack mentality in other areas of your life. If you're not feeling like you have enough money, you may not feel like you're actually a good enough person or you're not good enough at your job. It often transfers to so many other areas. And if you can start to love yourself, you will show up better in your relationship. You'll attract the partner you so want. You'll probably also attract the job you want too. Everything will start coming to you because you're in a higher vibe frequency. You're in a happier state. When you're in gratitude or self-love, those are the highest two frequencies you can be in. You'll just attract that. And it doesn't have to just be through hypnosis. It can be, like you said, through journaling and just really getting still on like, what am I feeling? Becoming a detective is really how it starts. I love that. I love like looking at your life as an opportunity for self-study. And, you know, whenever something happens, good or bad, I try to step back and say, like, what's the lesson here? What am I learning here? How am I feeling? Slow the processing down to really get into those juicy parts. There was a blog you did that really resonated for me. And you you actually talk about, in a different way, stepping into those moments when you feel triggered. I'd love to hear if you have any examples of when that has shown up either in your personal life or in your work and how you work through those, those triggering moments and why they are so important to growth. They are the foundation for growth. It sounds a bit silly, but when you get triggered and that's any kind of like unwanted emotion, when you feel that, we have to celebrate because you're like, this is my body speaking to me, telling me I need to be seen. I need to be heard. It's yelling at you. Please forgive me. Or I don't feel like things are fair. Okay. I have a great example of a trigger for you. So I have a client whose husband is a slob. So he leaves his dishes everywhere. He plays video games at night. She wakes up in the morning to like wrappers all over the place and just a sty. And this drives her crazy. She's completely triggered by this. And one of the reasons she's so triggered by it is because as a child, she was told you need to have a clean house. Her parents both worked a lot and she had to do all the dishes. And if she didn't, she often got in trouble. So we have to get really curious with all this. Like she's triggered by her environment. She's triggered by her husband being a slob. But it's not really about her husband being a slob. Yes, there's some boundaries being crossed there. Yes, he can learn to pick things up. But there needs to be some sort of compromise in there. Maybe she does because it's of interest to her. 
that she wants a clean house, maybe she just needs to clean a little bit more than he does just because she has a different standard. So triggers are super important because it's really something's reflecting to you what needs to be done within yourself. Oh my God, I feel like you were just reading my journal. (laughs) This is fascinating, fascinating work. I know you work with women and you work with people who are in relationships already, but I think a lot of what you offer, it's also valuable for people who are seeking relationships and want to lay the foundation for a strong relationship. Can you talk a little bit before we go just about how your work can really impact people who are moving into relationships or hoping to find relationships that have solid communication and a solid foundation that they've built it off of? Yeah. When you do inner work, like when you can free yourself of all those emotions, feeling like people-pleasing behaviors as a child, feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you're attached to maybe one of your parents. When you can release all that and make yourself more whole, I always say you need to go into a relationship whole. You don't want to find your better half. You want to go into it whole because when you do, you won't be triggered by your spouse and you won't be engaging in arguments. You won't feel unloved. You won't feel unheard. You won't feel unseen just because you love yourself so much. You're like, I know what I want. You're completely clear on it. You're grounded. And when other people say things, you can actually see them for who they are. You can sometimes start to see their shadows and their inner child and you just see it and you can send them some loving vibes because that's who they are instead of taking everything so personally, because that's what happens. It's always other people making us feel a certain way. And so when you can do this work, you'll show up in a relationship so much better. You'll be happier in your relationship and you'll probably manifest the relationship that you truly want because there are studies. And I'm sure you know all about this. We as women will often find partners that are similar to our fathers because we're trying to heal aspects of ourselves that maybe weren't loved the way they needed to. And then we seek out a partner that's similar to almost like we do it on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like to say though, my husband is like all of my favorite aspects of my dad. Plus like some other more positive qualities. Sometimes my dad listens to the show. Love you, dad. (laughs) So we'll just leave it right there. We'll just leave it right there. Beth, totally sold. I am going back to Soulify Wellness right now. I know you have a you have a hypnotherapy journey that people can take. It's on your Instagram homepage or you can find it at both spots. You can go to my website, which is soulifywellness.com. And right on the home screen, it says download the true you hypno journey, which is a deep meditation that some people say is like meditation on steroids. And it'll help you connect with who you truly are. If you feel like you kind of lost yourself or you don't really know who you are, you're just not feeling very authentic. And also will help you release some of your like kind of traumas from the past. It's like this all encompassing, amazing little journey that you can go on. So that's a great spot to start or Instagram. You can go there too, which is at Soulify Wellness, one word. Well, I'm not sure if you hypnotize me to want to do that journey, but I'm 100% in Beth and I'm going to do it right after this interview. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you. You need to get your hands on this free hypno journey and guide. It is super powerful. There may be tears, but if they are are tears, they just need to flow. Check it out at soulifywellness.com or look for the link in the show notes. In a moment, I'll be back to answer your listener questions, including is there such a thing as too soon to exchange numbers? And will my financial situation change how my partner sees me? Ooh, we're coming in hot. We'll be right back. Here in the month of love, the questions are pouring in, and I am so glad to be able to help you. 
This first question comes to us on Instagram from a listener named Kay. She says, hi, Demona. I met a guy online. We chatted every day for a few weeks online and via text and phone with my Google voice number. Kay's been listening to dates and mates and knows she needs a burner phone for dating. She says, as we started to get more comfortable with one another, we wanted to FaceTime. So I gave him my real number. The day I gave him my number, his online profile was completely gone. I asked what happened to his profile, and he completely ghosted me. Does that mean he was hiding something? Am I overthinking it, or was he just uninterested? I can't wrap my brain around the whole thing. This has completely turned me away from online dating. Any advice from the expert would help. XOXO, Purple Heart. I love the hearts. Thank you, Kay, for this question, because I'm sure there are a lot of listeners right now that are like, yeah, I've had that happen to me, too. So let me unpack this for you. There are a lot of people online that are there for a lot of different reasons. I don't know if you've seen the show Catfish. I did just do a fantastic episode of Relationship with Cammie Crawford, um, who is the co-host of Catfish. But there are a lot of people who don't want to meet up in real life or don't actually want to FaceTime. Okay? Okay, okay? <laughs> they maybe are in a relationship already, maybe um, have gained... 25 pounds in the pandemic and do not feel like themselves. Maybe we're using their friend's photo. Maybe are just not that interested in a relationship and we're just entertaining themselves. We don't know. We don't know why these people are wasting your time on dating apps. But I would say, Kay, the most likely thing is that this person did not really intend to, to meet up with you. I'm curious if you were the one that requested the FaceTime and then this person ran away or if they requested the FaceTime and ran away, which makes it even more confusing. But either way, Kay, I know you made some emotional investment in this person, but I really don't want it to erode your faith in online dating because this is not an online dating problem. This is a problem with this particular person. I had many experiences with people like this that I met offline. Because remember, I'm old school online dating. So I've known both worlds. I've known the offline dating world and the online dating world from for a long time. And there were plenty of people in both instances that were ghosting. The difference is that now the pace of everything is faster. So it feels more intense than maybe in the olden times. I, it also sounds like, Kay, maybe you went a little bit too long on the text and phone online chatting. You said a few weeks. I want that to happen for a few days. I said this on the show in the fall, but I'll just repeat for those of you who are newer to the show. I put a one week's clock on it, okay? If you don't see that person's face, either FaceTime or another method or meet up with them in person or have a plan to meet up with them in person or see their face in a week or less, that is not your person. This is a primary screening step that helps you conserve your energy and keeps you from giving too much effort out and getting too attached to the idea of a person who may not actually exist. Because that's what you're feeling right now, Kay. You're feeling that loss of the person you thought that you were talking to is not that person. Like, let's say they're not the Tinder swindler, they're just a person that didn't respect your time. And that sucks. 
that's what you're feeling, the loss of. Not necessarily this particular relationship. You're feeling the loss of the imagined relationship that you thought you were building up to. So if you shorten that time, you'll have less investment and you'll be able to go back at it without feeling so much hurt that's making you question the whole institution of online dating. So stick with it, Kay. Don't give up and don't let this one instance make you question yourself or relationships because one bad apple is not going to spoil your bunch. This next question was texted to me by a listener we'll call Miss M. She says, Hi, Demona. I'm a 42-year-old bi female. I've been listening to your show for a couple of years, and I love all your straightforward dating advice. You got my number, okay? Regarding being authentic and accepting of insecurities, such as losing weight or missing back teeth or not wanting kids, Miss M has really been listening to the show. Uh, Miss M says, How would someone with financial insecurities approach online dating? I'm 80K in debt. Most of it is student loans. I'm ashamed of my debt and don't want my potential partners to know about it. For context, I have a great stable job at a university, but I live in a city with a ridiculous cost of living. I pay all my bills and rent on time. I just have this monkey on my back that I can't seem to shake, and it prevents me from buying a house. I'm curious what you think. When is it appropriate to reveal my financial situation to someone I'm dating? I imagine because of the pandemic, there's a lot of people who have lost their jobs and are on a tight budget like me or facing financial crisis and are ashamed. How do we find love too? Miss M, you are not alone. You are exactly right. There are a lot of people who are facing financial crisis. And this is something actually that came up in some of the OkCupid data. We saw a big rise in people saying that wealth was important to them on the app during the pandemic. And we're starting to see that number go down because I think people were feeling so much financial insecurity that they actually thought, well, if I can meet someone on the app with wealth, that might get me out of this situation. But here's the weird thing about shame. I think you know this. It is so deeply seated from prior experiences and the interactions that you have in your daily life that it cannot be erased simply with a swipe of the right profile. And I think you already know this. And you've hit on something that is really important, important enough that I'm actually going to be dedicating a whole episode to this of how our feelings around finances impact our relationships and other areas of our life. That'll be a little bit later this year. But in the meantime, let me get you some help for this current situation. And let's separate two things. There is debt from student loans or other things. You know, I, I was talking to my producer before the show and I was saying, you know, I it's been a little while since I've had debt. And then I remembered I own a house. <laughs> I have a tremendous amount of debt, actually. I'm way more in debt than you are. So this idea of if I don't pay down this debt, I can't get a house, and therefore I do not have as much value for a relationship, let's just erase it. You are a responsible spender. You are paying your bills and your rent on time. So that gets into the second part of the financial insecurity. There's the debt, and then there's the relationship with the money that you have and how you interact with it on a daily basis. I feel that the latter 
the daily expenditures, that is someone's business in the beginning phase of the relationship. The debt is something that, you know, travels with you. So if you were to get married, your partner is agreeing to take on that debt. But until you are at the point where you are moving in with someone, blending finances or talking about your future together, I don't think it's really any of their business because it doesn't signify the person that you are. You do not have less value because you have less liquid cash. You do not have less value because you happen to owe money to get a degree that was helpful to you in getting your job, the thing that earns you money. It's so messed up in this country, the way that we've forced people into acquiring this debt. So you've done everything right, Miss M, and you're doing the best that you can. And any partner that doesn't see that or is worried about your debt or judges you because of your debt is not your person. To give you timelines, which I know everybody everybody pressures me for timelines, I would say conversations around money are probably going to come up in the first month. And it's absolutely reasonable for you to say, I would love to do something that costs a little bit less money. I would love to not spend that much on that experience and save up for it, but instead do this. It reminds me of a client I had a few years ago who said that their partner wanted to travel all the time and they just didn't have the income to do that. And they had to say to their partner, I'd love to go on these trips with you. I'm not in a financial position where I can spend that much money on that experience. So I'm okay if you go by yourself or you go with your friends. I really encourage you to do that. But I won't be able to pay my own way if you want me to go. And then that is giving them the out, not making the expectation that they're going to pay your way, but being honest and transparent. I mean, you listen to the show, you know, that is always the foundation of any relationship that you're building. And then if you get to the point where this person is showing up for you, is supporting that they hear you, that they're willing to compromise, that they're not judging you for your financial situation, and you see a future with this person, that would be the time to bring up the debt and let them know you're handling it. It sounds like you're very responsible with the way that you're spending your money and letting them know this is my plan for how I'm handling this debt, how I may be paying it down, how I may be getting a consolidation, um, how I'm just praying that they wipe away college debt. You know, whatever it is, have a plan for it, of course, and communicate that at that time. But until then, I think that information should be shared on a need-to-know basis. I hope you enjoyed episode 398 of Dates and Mates. Don't forget to get Beth's free guide and check out the Solify method and the free hypno journey at solifywellness.com. The links will be in the show notes. One quick note from my camp before we go. I have a fantastic team that works behind the scenes tirelessly to turn out this show for you every week. Many of you know my fantastic producer, Leo, who has been by my side for the last three and a half years with Dates and Mates. She has moved on to another fantastic venture. So I just want to send her on her way with a lot of love and a lot of support. And I also want to welcome to the team the amazing new producer, Lindsay K. Floyd, as well as my fantastic assistant, Scotty. 
who are a key part of making this show great. And they will hopefully be here to shepherd the show to another nine amazing seasons. If you have a question, I want to hear about it. You best be DMing me on all the socials at Demona Hoffman. You know, I love the voice memos. We haven't had any voice memos for a while. Ahem, ahem. I will DM you back a voice memo if you send in a voice memo question. But either way, I want to hear from you. You can also give me a call or text me like Miss M did at 424-246-6255. That is my 24-7 voicemail. And I can get your message anytime, day or night. We will be back again next Tuesday with TikTok star Alexa Carlin, who may have even predicted her upcoming wedding two years ago on TikTok. Until next week, I wish you happy dating. <laughs>